Welcome to Ottawa Valley Vineyard, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share his love. Good morning, everybody. I appreciate the privilege and honor of speaking this morning. Um, Unfortunately, it's not all put together because it came together at 1.45 Saturday morning because I wrestled with it for a week and it wasn't coming together. So, um, <clears throat> but I want to thank Amber for the worship set this morning and God reminded me this morning that everything that I say this morning is set in the whole setting and environment of how much he loves us and that our story could have been different if he hadn't have showed up. So I appreciate that. So this morning, I want to talk from experience about something that I've walked through and I'm sure everybody can identify with is suffering or some sort of trial or pain. And suffering leads us to humility. And humility brings wisdom. And with wisdom brings favor and influence. So we're going to talk about that this morning. So the, in Romans 5, 3, and 4, it says, We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, we know that they develop character, I mean endurance, and endurance develops character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, the New Living Translation says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So we're going to talk about some people in the Bible. Where'd it go? Where'd you go? There you are. So Noah found favor with the Lord. Joseph experienced favor because the Lord was with him. Moses found favor in the sight of God. And Ruth found favor, Samuel, Esther, Daniel, Mary, Jesus, and David. And there's many others like Abel and there's so many other people. So we're going to talk about Esther a little bit. That's why I highlighted her. See, Esther was an orphan and she was living in the land of Babylon, even though Cyrus had told the Jews they could come back to Jerusalem. Um, she was taken and um, raised by Mordecai to live and with him, and Mordecai chose not to go back to Jerusalem. So Esther was brought up in a land of exile where she couldn't be herself or tell people who she was. And she was teachable by Mordecai, and also when she got to the palace, she was teachable by Haggai. She went through 12 months of purification and beautification when she got there. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because Esther was orphaned. She lost her parents, and then she was raised by Mordecai, and then she was taken from Mordecai, and that would have been very traumatic for anybody. And then she had to go through this purification because she was going to go into the king a king that she didn't know, that was rash and volatile emotionally, and um, he had a reputation, but she had to go through this process. And the process was the oil of myrrh for six months, 
and, and then spices and perfumes for six months after that. And the oil of myrrh was used in biblical times and still is for pain um, and for cleaning out wounds and for um, burial. And so she had to go and wash herself with the oil of myrrh. She had to be cleaned out. She had to be purified. She had to be emptied of all her impurities, of all her imperfections. And this is what pain does when we humble ourselves, is it empties us out. When we're in pain and we're going through suffering, like my slide says, why suffering? And I'm going to cover that in a minute. And um, Esther was humble when she approached her king and respectful of his authority, unlike Vashti, who was the previous queen. Esther was a humble and compassionate person who leaned into God when she faced trials and hardship. She asked the people to pray and fast for her before she went before the king with her petitions. And I'm just going to, just doing this in a nutshell, but I'm going to expand it in a minute. And, but at the same time that she fasted and she put herself before God, she also put on her royal garments when she approached him. She knew who she was. She robed herself with dignity because humility isn't about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. So you don't have to abase yourself to be humble. She's put on her royal garments and she put herself before the king. And when she came before the king, she didn't embarrass the king in front of the court. She could have went into the king when he showed favor to her and said, hey, you know, this Haman guy, he wants to kill us. And all his court would have been there to hear it and he would have been embarrassed because he had just promoted Haman. But she didn't embarrass him. She favored him and said, you know, would you like to come to a banquet? like a private banquet for just you and Haman. So he was honored in front of his courts by her. She honored him by inviting him to a banquet again. See, God gave Esther wisdom because she was humble and she was teachable, but she didn't have an easy life. She suffered. She went through things. But because she was humble and teachable, she had favored with the king and all that knew her. That's just an example that I want to kind of expand a little bit. So why do we suffer? What does suffering do in our life? Suffer, suffering and pain produces a struggle that's necessary to produce strength. It could be a warning to us that something might not be right. It can provide a catalyst to learn and grow and improve our skills. It gives us stamina that carries us through future tough times, and I know that's true in my own life. Pain reminds us to avoid and not participate in bad behavior and can bring positive change in our life. It reminds us that we need other people, that we get, we're not an island to ourselves, that we need other people. And pain brings clarity. Pain brings us wisdom that, you know, like when we look back, we can see God's hand in, in that situation, things that we learned that we wouldn't have learned if we hadn't gone through it. Pain brings to us together because everybody has pain. And when we talk to other people, we're never alone. We can identify with people. It brings us together because it's part of everybody's story and everybody goes through it. It increases our capacity for patience, gives us a greater appreciation for a positive relationship. Pain will one day allow us to comfort others that are going through the same thing. It gives us balance, reminds us of what's really important. 
and the most important, and it points us to God and the need to rely on him. The Bible says in Matthew, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And in Micah, it says, he has shown you, or mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Humility in and of itself is so opposite to human nature. We want to be first, we want to be right, we want to be promoted. And suffering has a way of weakening our pride or crushing it. It's in this weakness that God can be made strong in us. I'm going to talk a little bit about personal experience. Um, I'm a very proud person (laughs) by nature, very self-reliant or um, thought I was. And I like to work, and I like to work because I want everybody to like me. So in April, well, it was more like February, March, I had had low blood iron for like two years, and I was pushing myself until I couldn't push myself anymore because I was getting dizzy, and my heart was racing so hard I couldn't climb stairs, and it took me 15 minutes to catch my breath, but I still wanted to work. But when I started getting dizzy, I knew I had to quit. I was going to pass out or something. But I always wanted to be in control. I was going to have my own money, and I was going to be independent, and nobody was going to take advantage of me because I was my own person. But God told me very clearly that I needed to rest, that that was enough, you need to sit down. But when your work is attached to your worth, that's very hard to do. And I fought that process for about six weeks. And I was having a bath one night, and God's like, when are you going to listen? I'm asking you to rest. So I'm like, well, you've got to talk to my husband, because I can't do it unless my husband's on board, because we need money. So um, things for rest got a little bit worse, and my husband's like really worried about me. And he said, is there anything I can do? And I said, yeah, I need to quit my job. And he's like, okay, let's trust God with this. And so I went off work, it's been four months now, And then, in that time, God walked me through a lot of stuff in his presence. Because that was really weak, because God had had questioned things, right? When you're going through pain, or it wasn't really suffering, but it was pain because I I couldn't face the reality that I don't have it together. And I'm a little bit too proud. And so God was teaching me that how much he loved me and how much he had planned for me and how much, how worth I was, whether I ever worked again or didn't work again. And I, people in the community showed me that. It wasn't about what I was doing for them. It was about who I was. And I spent a lot of time in the word and a lot of time in prayer. And in this time, we had family stuff that just fell apart. And God gave me an incredible peace to walk through that in my family. And I can't really talk about, but that God really helped me understand that he was with me and that it wasn't about me. It was about him and what he was doing in me and in my family and that he wanted me to really depend on him 
and that he was my source, and he is my worth. That's just a little bit about my story. So then I wanted to talk about humility. The Bible says that humility is the beginning of wisdom. With humility comes wisdom. So I'm trying to keep you from suffering produces humility, and humility brings wisdom. So the only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing, knowing that really you don't have the answers, that the things that you know to be true aren't necessarily truth. From humility, we realize we don't know everything, and then we become curious and we ask questions like, okay, what is my worth? If my worth isn't tied to what I do, what is it tied to? And we learn and we purposely empty ourselves so we can be filled with what is true and what is right. Humility helps you care less about who's right or wrong. When it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter. What matters is God and what is he doing in your life. And people aren't going to understand. They're not going to understand, but God will teach you not to care about who's right, who's wrong, who wins, who's first. I have to say, I'm not here, but this is what God's talking to me about. Okay, I'm not here, got this perfected in the least. But I'm talking from experience where God has walked with me in the last four months, and this was a very hard message for me to write. Humility helps you understand that you and everything around you can always improve. But sometimes, sometimes there's a better way. It's not necessarily our way, and his ways are higher than our ways, and he wants to teach us those. Humility helps you treat people the way they should be treated. When you humble yourself, you're better to see the value of others. This creates trust, and trust is the foundation of relationship. Humility gives you your best weapon to achieve success. There's a quote that says, we come nearest to great when we are great in humility. So there are ways that this is true. Humility shows you that your way might not be the best way. It creates a confidence, which Esther had, because you are honest with yourself about what you can actually do and then where you need help. And humility helps you gain influence with others because you become the kind of person that people want to listen to and want to be around. And number seven, humility is a solid foundation of all virtues. That's just a quote, it's not Bible. But when you're honest about yourself, you see parts of yourself that need work. And, and you try to work on that, you try to submit to the process. So the Bible says in Proverbs 11:2, and this was the verse that tied it all together for me. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, because I've tried to do things my own way. It always falls apart, it never really works out. But with humility comes wisdom. So when pride comes in, there's a self-importance, arrogance, and then you're dishonored and there's shame with that. But with the humble, the teachable, who have been chiseled by trial, who have learned to walk humbly with God, there's wisdom and soundness of mind. In Proverbs 18:12, it says, Before disaster, the heart of a man is haughty and filled with self-importance but humility comes before honor. And we saw that in the life of Haman, when Haman thought he was so great and so wonderful. And he ended up falling into the net that he laid for himself. So first comes our trial. 
because we're all going to have them. And then we have a choice. What are we going to do with that? Some people medicate themselves. Some people run away. Some people lean into God. We have a choice. But if we're teachable and we learn to walk humbly with God, then God brings us wisdom. What's his way? What's the best way? And in Proverbs 8.35, it says, whoever finds me, this is wisdom speaking in this chapter, finds life and obtains favor of the Lord. So we're going to go through this scripture really, really quickly. I'm just going to read it. I kind of highlighted it for you. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, which leads us to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God, who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom and faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge in the sea that's blown about and tossed by wind. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord, being double-minded, unstable, and restless in all his ways. But let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer called to be an heir of God. And the rich man is the glory in being humbled by trials revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. And I'm going to go down to verse 12. Blessed, which means favored by God, is a man who is steadfast under trial, perseveres when tempted, for when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown, which the Lord has promised to them who love him. So when we're going through things, the Lord is good. And the Lord loves us, and he disciplines those that he loves. He shows us the proper path to those who go astray. He always pursues us. He leads the humble in doing right and teaches them his way, and that's wisdom. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness. He gives us life. He shows us how to live life abundantly in him. All who keeps his covenant and obey his commands. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So Jesus is a perfect example of growing in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom, but he spent a lot of time with the Father. He spent a lot of time leaning into God and getting wisdom and being taught a lot of time in the scripture and the scrolls. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with both God and man. So my question for myself, when I go through hard times, I hate pain. I like to be comfortable. And for a long time, I was angry at God. Why? Why does life have to be so hard? Why can't it be easier? 
But I was proud, and I did things my own way, and I still pay the price for some of the decisions that I made without putting the Lord in the middle of that. And he will redeem those situations. But I guess, and I say this as humbly as I can because I'm walking right in the middle of it. Can't fight God. At some point you're gonna submit because you're gonna go round and round and round that mountain because God wants your heart. He wants all of your heart. And the suffering is there because he loves us. It's not there to hurt us. He's there because he has a better way. And when we find it in humility, this is what God gives us. The favor of God yields both material and spiritual benefits, brings influence and divine appointments, divine connections, promotions, preferential treatment from people, sudden breakthroughs, financial provision, redemption from missed opportunities, all of which could not have been done on your own and all of which will ultimately glorify God in the eyes of others and draw you into closer relationship with him. And that's what we all want. So while I was studying the book of Esther, I found it very, very interesting how, and this is just ad lib, but how Haman, the Bible said that he was an Agite, an Amalekite. He was a direct descendant of the king of Agog. Now, if we remember back in scripture, King Saul was supposed to kill the king Agog, not take plunder, but what King Saul did is he saved the king, killed the Amalekites, and kept some of the best sheep and goats or whatever. And Mordecai was a direct descendant I'm going somewhere with this. He was a direct descendant of King Saul. And what God showed me when I was studying all this was, if you don't do it, God's still going to do it. If he doesn't use you, he's going to use somebody else. Because what God did, because King Saul disobeyed and he let King Agog live, there was a Haman. Because there was a Haman who still hated the Jews and had an agenda on the Jews and God loved the Jews, there was a Mordecai. And God used Mordecai to take out Haman in humility, in wisdom. Because that was God's original plan all along, because he wanted the Jews to thrive, because he had a plan for them. And so my question for you this morning is, what are you going through? What is something in your life that you're struggling with that you need to lean into God about? What kind of wisdom do you need from God right now? Do you need to make a decision? Is there something you're struggling with? Because if you don't respond to somebody else, God's going to use somebody else. So I'll leave it at that. I'm just going to pray for you, and I'll dismiss. Give it back to Aaron. Lord, I thank you that you love us. I thank you love us enough, God, that you pursue us, that you squeeze us. Thank you, God, that you have a plan for us to prosper us for hope and a future for us. And thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to squeeze us. And I pray that you would help us to humble ourselves before you, that we would allow you to teach us, that we would allow you to bring favor into our life through humility and walking with you, that you would give us influence wherever we put our feet, that we take ground in the spirit, in our community, in our families. Then I pray, God, that you would help us to respond, to say yes. We don't want you to use somebody else. 
We say yes to you, Lord, and we bless these people. And I ask you to bless my friends and my family here, Lord, to respond to you, that we would bless them and give them grace and lead them in all their ways. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Vineyard, visit ovv.ca.